Hey everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective and today is Tuesday. Uh, guess what we're going to talk about? You'll never guess this. We're talking about the lockdown, the COVID lockdown. It's still going on and not only that, but people who have an opinion um, are in some cases being told to keep quiet about it. Most recently, there is a YouTube channel called Talk Radio, ironically named because they're not on the radio. <laughs> Same way we use the word uh, channel to describe a YouTube account. I mean, I know it's called a channel, but think about the word channel. It developed for a reason because the television was delivering you something through a channel. Is that, does that really apply to the internet and YouTube? I don't know. I, don't, I suspect maybe not. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Talk radio was suspended from YouTube, I believe, um, which these types of things happen. I, I, I try to be reluctant before um, turning into Steven Crowder and Dave Rubin and starting to tweet about it and make a whole fuss about it. I think there's kind of a uh, cottage industry around overemphasizing, you know, big tech censorship. There are people whose job it is, whose, whose bread and butter is to overemphasize the political leanings of big tech. And, and anytime something happens, in some cases, it's algorithmic. In some cases, it's, you know, temporary. The way that people um, overemphasize these things, uh, I'm definitely, I try not to be one of those people, but at the same time, it's like these things happen. So it, it, it is alarming. And my understanding is that the channel in question, Talk Radio, they were skeptical about the lockdowns. I don't know if they were also skeptical about COVID itself, which could be, a, okay. So let's pass it over to a guy who, this is a guy who I don't know if he ever sleeps. And even if he never sleeps, I don't know how much time he has to always be informed and full of ideas. And let's uh, find out what he has to say about this. This is a guy straight out of Greece. Not sure exactly where he's located currently. His, locate, his whereabouts are always confusing. Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, actually, talk radio is an internet radio, so it's kind of a radio. But what people need to understand is we're not talking here about an Alec Jones situation. We're not even talking about a Crowder situation. We're not talking about the Milo Yiannopoulos situation. We are talking about your average cons conservative, slightly socially conservative, slightly Brexit-supporting media outlets. Uh, one which is regulated by Ofcon, which is the regulator in the UK, so we're not talking about the random YouTuber. Now, why has it become, why has it gained prominence lately? Because it hosts quite often guests like Peter Hitchens, the one of the most ardent and most principled critics of the lockdown. People like Brendan O'Neill, whom we've had in our show. And you, you, get the, you get the point. And of course, also they have ministers, they have good connections with the conservative establishment, with the government. So I'm not talking about here your random uh, YouTuber from his basement. And this is quite worrying because this is part of a trend. So yesterday, the UK entered in its third lockdown. Someone would ask, why did we need the third lockdown? Could this mean that there should be some questions asked for the previous two lockdowns? But the new trend is that 
the thing that we need to do now is not to ask questions about the previous lockdowns, but we need to start asking questions about the people who questions the lock who question the lockdowns. So more and more on Twitter, at least in the UK, you see things like people have blood on their hands that we need to uh, we need to remove from the media people who try to give false hope to the people. I will give an, a particular example about that. So the atmosphere is that stay locked down and also shut up. Now, this is exactly the opposite from what we need because they will say, well, the science is settled or the scientists have spoken. And once the scientists have spoken, then who are you to talk? First of all, not all the scientists agree on what is the way to go. Many science, very prominent scientists disagree with the lockdowns. Many prominent scientists disagree about, for example, the fatality rate, sorry, the mortality rate, but also they disagree with the previous selves. If we take institutions as, for example, the World Health Organization and their approach to masks. So I would say, no, we need more debate than ever. This is not the time for people to flex their muscles about how they can shut us up, people who don't agree with that. And it's the usual moral blackmail that, oh, now you have hand, you have blood on your hands. Now, very interestingly, the people who were wrong, but in a different way, people who were wrong, for example, in terms of how bad this is gonna be, these people have, there are no questions to be asked to these people. It's the optimist side, so to speak, as if the reason why we want to we want to be skeptical about this. And the reason we want to tell people, look, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel is because we hate people. So that's the level of the discussion. And one more thing, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna say, well, YouTube is a private entity. They can do whatever they want. If you spend three minutes in the company of any objectivist who understands, uh, who understands the, 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 the ideas or to most people who are somewhere in the universe, yes, we agree with that. But this doesn't mean we cannot criticize in them. And we are way past the idea that, uh, the idea that oh, it's, uh, well, it's dangerous voices or, or, or it's the, it's, they're only protecting their product from nutters. Because again, I think talk, banning talk radio is in a way crossing a Rubicon. And what they got, I'm not surprised if tomorrow it's back. I'm not surprised if it's a bit like if you remember that scene in Atlas Rugged when Hank Reardon's bills, sorry, Hank Reardon's assets are all frozen. And then next day, the bureaucrat is, oh, we're sorry, Mr. Reardon, that was a mistake. But then the idea was you get the message. So, yeah, that's, that's the first thing I want to discuss. There's more things, even worse things. We had, for example, the leader of the opposition requiring urgent legislative action against people skeptical of the vaccines, but that's a completely different discussion or maybe not completely different. So first, maybe your comments on this idea that now it's the time for everyone who doesn't agree with this national effort to shut up. Um, I think you're a bit dismissive of this point that economic power is not the same as political power because a lot of people on the right are blurring that point. They don't really want to emphasize it, and they are actually pushing for literal government intervention in the property rights of, P of big tech and uh, Google and YouTube. So at a time when there's already a push, when they're already introducing bills in the, in the House and Senate, when they're already 
um, trying to repeal Section 230. And, and they're, you know, and when they're all tr- when they're trying to do all these things to literally change the law or to use unjust laws such as antitrust related laws to um, mess with people's property rights. I think we ought to be extra careful not to add fuel to the fire. And what I'm seeing right now is people making a very big deal over something that could be a mistake and just a glitch in the system, which happens all the time. Um, uh, Hugh James in the chat room mentions Belle Delphine. She, she is a big entertainer. She does adult, like adult content. Uh, you know, she does pornography and, and very lewd type of content. And her YouTube account, which was not itself pornographic, it was, you know, music videos, which kind of border on pornography, but no more than other music videos. She, uh, her account was suspended and a few days later reinstated with an apology, which happens. It happens. So, like I said, there is an industry around overemphasizing so-called big tech, big tech censorship. And I think the last thing we want to do is brush past the point that this is a private company and rush to compare it to Big Brother and uh, the bureaucrats in Atlas Shrugged, whom obviously had a gun to back up their wishes. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. Am yeah, I but uh, I get that. And again, anyone who has spent any time in the, in the company of ourselves or people who think alike ourselves should already know this. We spent half of 2020 supporting quote, big tech from the hands of the government and telling the government, peace off, this is, this, is not your, this is not your territory. At the same time, we do know that politics are not created in a vacuum, but and there's an intellectual climate at the moment which is really, really creeping me out. So that's why I actually started with talk, with, uh, with the talk radio situation. Here's another, here's another thing so that we start understanding in a way how these people who want to shut us up think. So one of the most prominent leftists in the UK is a guy called Owen Jones. So Owen Jones is a, is a, is a, a labor part. He, he was supporting, uh, he was supporting uh, Corbyn. He's in a way the face of the Corbyn style, not so radical, but for the UK standards, radical left. And the other day he wrote in The Guardian, which is, let's say, the more left-leaning uh, press in the UK. And I guarantee to you, there's not going to be any technical mistake with uh, Guardian being taken down anytime soon. So he said he, he had an article with the title, giving people false hope about the pandemic isn't, quote, balanced, it's dangerous. And this whole article is an attack on one of the people that I declared as one of my heroes for 2020, Professor Carol Sikora. Now, who is Professor Carol Sikora? He became, a, let's say, a Twitter sensation because he's the, pos- the positive news guy. So he's mildly, very, very mildly skeptical of the lockdown. And mostly his emphasis is that the people who are left behind because of the lockdown, and because his expertise is uh, cancer, he tries every day, A, to boost people's morale and B, to persuade people who might have early symptoms of a cancer to go and check them. Now, you would say this is a paragon of morality and a paragon of positivity. But here's how 
uh, Owen Jones attacks him. And I think this is very important because we can get in the minds of how the other side, let's say, uh, how the other side thinks. So he says something like, oh, there is nothing, there is nothing as bad, there's nothing so cruel as false hope and that, uh, and that basically being the positive guy is quite bad. But then he goes on and he says, in the past, he has appeared in a right-wing attack ads in the United States condemning the NHS in which he claims patients have, quote, lost control over their own destiny in the health system, end quote. So we're 10 months into this fiasco of, the, of what has been the public health, quote, uh, reaction to this pandemic. And apparently it is, it is, it is, it is even bad to, to mention that with this type of system, you lose control. Then he says he has even denounced the NHS as the last bastion of communism. So notice here how ideology jumps in. So the article started, it's, it's really bad to give false hope to people, and then quickly turns to, by the way, these are the people also with the wrong ideas, so we don't want these people in the media. And, and then he says that somewhere else. So basically, I don't want to, to give more uh, quotes from there, but, but the idea is, that this type of people should not, this is not a balanced discussion. So Owen Jones says, for example, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't, when you have a topic which is very important, let's say, for example, murder, in the name of balance, you don't bring someone who is anti-murder, sorry, who is pro-murder. So in the same way, you don't bring someone who is outside of the consensus. So notice how many logical leaps happen here. A, the discussion is over. B, being anti-lockdown is the equivalent of being, let's say, pro-death. See, any guy who has in the past uh, dared to attack the sacred cow, which is the NHS, is outside of the Overton window. So notice how quickly during this crisis, the Overton window keeps changing and changing and changing. So now this quite mainstream figure, such as Professor Sikora, now is outside of the Overton window. And now is a, is is subject to, to attack. Again, this is very creepy. We should be paying attention to that because this all is happening so quickly that uh, it's now is the time that we need to show character. And it's not easy because we are supposed to be the people who have blood on our hands. But now is the time to notice what is happening and be very careful with that. Yeah. And being careful means like epistemologically being very sure we understand what we're looking at. So just like with the voter fraud, immediately Trump announced, I won and I want them to stop counting votes. This was on election night. And the next morning, everyone is tweeting. All the people on the right are tweeting about how fraud here, fraud there, fraud there, based on like video clips from 10 years ago. Like we don't know what they're. So we want to be very careful when we see something that looks like it could potentially be voter fraud. We don't want to jump to conclusions. Similarly here. Talk radio was suspended. You know how many times a day a YouTube channel or a Twitter account or Instagram or someone is suspended or, you know, like I, I could only tell you about all the times my uh, accounts have been reprimanded by various social media in some cases for breaking their rules. But other times it was just bad luck and it was later sometimes corrected by said social media. So we want to be careful not to uh, call this a, an instance of blatant bias. Now, it is true that that YouTube especially has taken a stand on COVID deniers. Like if somebody is out there saying COVID is a hoax 
and um, like, you know, like doctors are saying it's not that big a deal or that it's not, it doesn't even exist or whatever it is that, that YouTube is not allowing. It is true. They are taking a position on that. And to be honest, I don't know how I would handle that situation. And I'm glad it's not my job to work at YouTube and decide what speech is allowed on this platform. Because on one hand, yeah, we want an open marketplace of ideas, but I don't know if I want to use my particular platform to give a voice to people that are spreading misinformation that could lead to many deaths and bad times ahead. So it is true that YouTube um, takes a position on so-called COVID deniers or anti-vaxxers or things like that. And now the quest, and now it, my sense is kind of what this, what I'm sensing this probably is with talk radio is that because they're so conservative on the issue of lockdowns, they were misidentified as straight up, you know, COVID deniers and they're, and they were kind of suspended for that. And maybe once it's investigated, they'll get their channel back. That's kind of what I'm guessing is the case. But this is different than something like voter fraud, because with voter fraud, it could be taken to the courts and the courts take a look and they give their perspective. With this, we don't, ha we don't get to take it to court. We just kind of have to wait and see what YouTube does next. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I see this. Like with talk radio, they were probably lumped together with, they were kind of misidentified as conspiracy theory slash COVID deniers slash anti-vaxxers and um, quickly given the boot. And my guess is if I had to gamble, I would say they're going to get their channel back at some point. I would bet a lot of money also that they would get their, their channel back. However, this does not mean that there is not this climate which is developing. And notice again, notice how quickly the goalposts move. Uh, you are outside of, uh, outside of polite society if you say COVID is a hoax. Okay, I kind of get that. You're outside of polite society if you're skeptical of the vaccines. Okay, I kind of get that. Now you're outside of polite society if you're skeptical about the lockdowns. So this is, this is again, this is changing very, very easy. And within this climate, of course, uh, the center-left or power-hungry politicians never miss a chance to go away. So somehow the new leader of the Labour Party, Keir Starmer, who desperately tries to prove himself if that's possible, that he's worse than Corbyn, and I'm trying to think about it. Today, he said that the, he, re, he requires an emergency legislation to deal with people who protest against the vaccines. Now, he could say something like, oh, I'm not saying you could have your opinion, but you know, don't, don't protest outside in the streets. I would would this ever apply, for example, the type of protest that Labour would support? Of course, the answer is no. But notice again the subjective element here. You are against the vaccines. So this is a, this is a crime of opinion. And I wouldn't be surprised if not so far from now, this becomes, oh, by the way, even if you mention it, for example, on social media, and if, even if you don't protest outside, this is still something like, I don't know, maybe they'll call it a, something like a hate crime or something. So the floodgates are open. When you have the leader of the opposition saying, I need to meet with Johnson, the prime minister, because we need to pass very fast legislation. So the, the, the theme here is there's no time for discussions. This is a situation of emergency. 
And here's my message to my leftist friends. Remember 10 years ago, when you were all very excited with a book by Naomi Klein called The Shock Doctrine, and you were telling us, actually I was one of them back in the day, that in a, in a situation of crisis, quote, neoliberalism and free market fundamentalism is going to store society and based on the shock, everything's going to be privatized. We are experiencing the shock doctrine now, but the bad guy is not capitalism and it's not neoliberalism. And yet the very same people, the very same people who read the shock doctrine today are freaking out because, for example, Sinapta Gupta, which is a very good doctor, was today in BBC4. Now, what's the problem with Dr. Gupta? That some months ago, she said that the fatality rate is way lower than what was then considered allowable opinion. Eh, sorry, the official opinion. And there's a very good chance that she was wrong, by the way, because, you know, this happens. But because she dared to suggest a fatality rate lower than what we thought, and also because she's skeptical of the lockdown, she should be nowhere near the BBC. So this is, this is the shock doctrine, actually, and I'm very surprised that the leftists don't recognize it. I mean, I'm not that familiar with uh, the shock doctrine and uh, what the left are doing about a lot of these things, but I do know when it comes to being opposed to the lockdowns, you are able to express that opinion freely. There's a lot of people on YouTube and elsewhere that are saying, you know, the, 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 the um, virus exists. It is dangerous. We want to minimize it, get tested, get vaccinated. But the lockdown is the wrong way to go. A lot of people have said that and are saying that. And I think it's way too soon to say that that perspective is being stifled because of one YouTube channel being suspended, which, again, happens often. And it's often just either a, a literal algorithmic thing or it's a it's a misidentification by someone at the company who thinks, oh, this is a uh, this is somebody spreading misinformation about something that's sensitive. And again, I'm glad I'm not the one making these decisions at these companies because, yeah, it's easy to just say laissez faire. But it's um, but when you're facing something lethal and you don't want to spread misinformation about something so sensitive. You have to make some tough decisions. And, um, and in, in any case, we agree that it is YouTube's decision. Um, and look, there's no question that, yes, yeah, some ideas are sort of uh, uh, thrown under the rug by others. Like, you know, there's the sort of the establishment acceptable opinions. And then other opinions that are um, sort of mo either mocked or silenced by any means that people can. And all we can and we sort of experience that as objectivists. You know, I, the, one of the first points I made when I began talking about objectivism on the Internet is that conservatives treat objectivists the way that leftists treat conservatives. You know, they laugh at us. They act like we're irrelevant or we're too rigid and and, you know, old fashioned, whatever it is they say, like. And and they don't give us a platform. You know, you see an objectivist on PragerU getting to speak objectivism. No, maybe a, maybe a derivative issue like uh, environmentalism or uh, talking about um, uh, uh, who's who is the slave who became a, a civil uh, a civil war fighter. Uh, um, well, I one know of our, who you mean, but my mind is stuck at the moment. Uh, Stace uh, Douglas. Uh, Douglas, Frederick Douglas. Yeah, like, yeah. but to have a, an, a, an objectivist on PragerU saying, you know, existence, reason, egoism, capitalism, romantic realism. Obviously, PragerU, they're not interested in pushing that. They're interested in pushing that we need religion and family values and nationalism is not so bad. That's what they, they're interested in pushing. So, 
the, the this this type of thing exists and it's going to exist and and it's going to get more upsetting the more we look into it and all we can really do is try to be as careful as we can in identifying instances of you know um sort of private industry private sector censorship or something like that we need to be careful when identifying it and also um we want to uh, continue pushing for the privatization and to like make it as free as possible that so that uh, differing opinions can have can sort of uh, more easily access other platforms and there will be more uh, more of a competitive environment in tech. So so those are my thoughts. Yeah, we are in a way we're having two parallel discussions. So I don't disagree with you, but what I'm noticing in the air is a very rapid change of the climate of what is allowable and what is not allowable opinion. And also we've seen this with environmentalism and my biggest fear is that once COVID is hopefully passed, we're gonna see even more. So notice how people like Bjorn Lomborg, for example, or Alex Epstein are considered quote, climate change denialists. Same thing happens here. You see people being labeled COVID denialists, people who have never questioned the existence, the danger, of, uh, of, of, this, of this virus, and yet this is thrown. So our job, I think, is to try, even to the very few people that can hear us, to say, be worried of what is happening. Pay attention to what's happening. Pay attention to how the narrative is changing. This is something really bad. Not bad because we might end up with another YouTube channel, but because the more difficult the situation, the more open discussion we need to have about these things. We need to have the open discussion. Why do we need a third lockdown? Did the previous lockdowns work? If not, why? What's going to be different this time? What's going to happen, for example, if one of the new variants, for example, the South African one, proves to be resistance to the vaccine? Is it going to be indefinite, more of the same? Are we allowed to have this discussion without being labeled, quote, denialist? So this is, this is uh, why I think it's important. And yes, of course, you might think that the, that the focus should be on making sure that we, that we understand political power from economic power. No disagreement here. I think we should also pay a lot of attention to what's the narrative out there, because this is what at the end is, uh, is going to have a very, very bad effect. But anyway, no major disagreements. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I think uh, we're, we're, we're sort of focused on different things. My main focus is uh, that we don't we don't want to get uh, confused for conspiracy theorists. We don't want to get confused by for Alex Jones and alternative media, because it, it's it's very easy that we do get lumped with them. People think, oh, yeah, those objectivists, they make a lot of sense. But so do a lot of conspiracy theorists. Like, I don't want to I don't even want to hear their arguments because like I don't have it's like, I don't know, they're, they're just so far from the mainstream that like there must be something wrong with them. People already kind of see objectivism that way. The last thing we want to do is overemphasize, you know, big tech censorship when it isn't there. I mean, I mean, you can see uh, we're, we're, we're growing as a channel. We're becoming more prominent when people in the chat room are insulting us. This guy, Jerry, says this guy is an objectivist. I'm thinking more like spineless and indecisive. I don't think that's a proper use of the semicolon, Jerry. I just, uh, and I, you know, I just wanted to mention that. I don't, I'm not is that, spineless. Is that, me or, is that me or you? I think he's talking about me because I'm the one saying, well, slow down. We don't know that this is, um, you know, what it, you know, that we don't know that talk radio was deleted or suspended because of 
having the wrong opinion, or that might've been the temporary reason made by one person, but there is an appeals process. And I'm, I'm the one with the spine. I'm the one saying, I'm not going to let my emotions carry me away. I want to be very meticulous and careful. And that is the proper way to, uh, to deal with the world. So I stand, I stand by my words. I stick by my story, uh, to put it in a Jamaican uh, dialect. Uh, anything else or are we going to wrap it up? No, my final, what you just said is probably the best way for people to escape this darkness and this passion, not this, pa this emotionalism that I also myself might be victim from time to time. Maybe it's a good idea to start and finish our day with that Kipling poem, which is, I'm paraphrasing, if you can keep your calm in times of where everyone is getting crazy, good for you. That was probably the worst paraphrase ever, but you get the point. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I don't know if we have anything to push today. Is there any other shows today? But I know um, uh, Wednesday is tomorrow and then comes Thursday. We've got any, something happening Wednesday to, off the top of your head. I feel like this is something we should have uh, ready yeah, to go. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow mm -hmm. is a discussion, uh, which because I'm not sharing it, I don't remember it, which is really bad. Uh, anyway, one of the essays with James Valiant, uh, yeah, okay. By our friend, uh, friend George, who is the final authority in ethics? I just remember it. I'm kidding. Razi put it in the chat. So it's chaired by George, which is a reason by itself why you should uh, you should show up. And also James Valen is going to be there. And here's to a promise that tomorrow we're going to be with a more upbeat and positive note because I feel I think there's a lot of I almost said I feel which is I, ha I hate. I think, not I feel, that there's a lot of pessimism lately. So tomorrow, good topic. We're going to figure out something which is going to cheer us up. Yeah, looking forward to that. All right. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. Thank you for interacting. And especially thank you for the super chat interaction. Uh, be here back. We'll be here back tomorrow. Same time on the Daily Objective. Thank you and goodbye.